Welcome back to the Cheeky Crypto Podcast with your hosts, Mike and JB. Many thanks for listening in, liking, and subscribing. If you haven't done so, do us a favor and smash that like and subscribe button and turn on all notifications. We really do appreciate it. If you haven't joined the Discord or Patreon, link is in the description down below. A fantastic community talking crypto 24-7. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. And most importantly, it is absolutely free to join. Now let's get into some crypto talk. JB, my friend, how are you doing today, buddy? How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for joining us today, guys. This is myself and Mike's first podcast without Chris, so this is going to be fun. I'm, I've looked forward to this one all day. Me and, me, and, uh, me and Mike do have a good bit of banter when we're on chat together, so I've looked forward to this one all day. Had a nice busy day at work, you know, glad to be home. Off tomorrow for St Andrew's Day here in Scotland, so... Have a nice, uh, a nice relaxing day tomorrow. How the hell are you, Mike? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm good. Good to be back after listening to Chris try to do my intro. Um, apparently, he failed miserably at it. You guys did like four or five takes before yeah, it happened. Right? It did? <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. That's too funny. What? How do you mess it up? I don't understand. Maybe it just didn't flow right? Yeah, pretty much. I think the way Chris was reading it to the way you read it, it was just like, I don't know what the hell's going on here. Yeah, so sometimes you just got to kind of do it, do it however it comes naturally, you know? But uh, yeah, so St. Andrews, St. Andrews Day, talk to me about that because isn't uh, one of the biggest golf championships at St. Andrews? Well, yeah, that does happen up in St. Andrews at the, at the old golf course, brilliant golf course. But um, yeah, St. Andrews Day is just the, the national day for Scotland that, we don't notoriously get that off as a holiday, but you know, it's, we're starting to see it now. It's more often. So yeah, we get a nice free day off work. Yeah. So we know St. Andrews as the golf course, right? And I think that's where the, the, uh, what, what open it's played there. Is it the British open? Yeah. The Scottish open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when you said, uh, St. Andrews, that was the first thing that clicked in my mind. That golf course, <laughs> that golf course yeah. is insane to watch people play. It's got those crazy wild bunkers and, uh, yeah, lots it's of wind. It's amazing. But to play through the wind there, you know, you could obviously, you can watch it quite a lot, but um, I've, I've played, I've not played up there, sorry, I've been up there to watch it being played. Um, I'd love to play there, but it's very, very expensive. Yeah, I can imagine somewhere that's, that's that distinguished and, you know, it's been around for that long, gotta be just, it's gotta be like 500 to $1,000 around. Yeah, maybe a bit more, but. Um, around? It's, it's more than that? Yeah, it's, it's very expensive. You can't actually, as far as I know, you can't just go and play around there. You have to have a member um, to be there oh. to play the round. So it's, you know, it just kind of falls that way. But if you ever do get the chance, it's a beautiful, beautiful little town right on the coast. Yeah, it's it's a lovely little place. That's cool. All right, guys. Sorry, we'll get into some crypto talk now. We got got to have some banter every now and then, right? You can't we can't just sit here and talk about Bitcoin, Ethereum, and you know have a whale of a day. Uh -huh. Yeah, a whale, a whale of a time. <laughs> so anyways, let's talk about the coin market cap. Let's talk about crypto today. Bitcoin, what do you know? Still kind of hovering around the same price, 16382 Ethereum, just over 1200 bucks. It's up 8% over the last seven days. Total crypto market cap at $830 billion, up 1.36% over the last day. Uh, JB, thoughts on the market? Dogecoin up 30%. In the last seven yeah. days, freaking yeah. Nuts. What do we? What do? What are we going to talk about here with Dogecoin? Ship, you know, you know. There's a there's a lot of big movements happened here. We we've kept an eye on the wheel alerts. You know, there is a there's a lot going on right now. 
Um, I'll touch on the very first one, which I think is the big one to talk on here. We've seen 900 billion SHIB being moved from crypto.com to Binance. That's the equivalent of 8.278 million US dollars. Why is that moving crypto.com onto Binance? Is that maybe somebody being safe? I, I wouldn't feel safe moving eight and a half million dollars worth of money from one so, exchange to another. So it's my understanding that crypto.com is actually one of the biggest holders of Shiba Inu. Is that right? As far as I'm aware, yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if they're I wonder if there's a case of maybe they're offloading from crypto.com over to Binance to sell, um, potentially because maybe there's some you know insolvent issues or maybe they just need cash or Maybe they're just trying to be shady like they did before when they sent a bunch of ETH over and all that fun jazz. So I don't know. It's it, Every time I see a whale alert that has something to do with crypto.com, I get a little spidey senses up like some some shit's going on that's, that's that shouldn't be going on, right? Yeah, definitely. I think with all the fear in the market right now, that's the first thing that I think springs to everybody said. I'm literally just looking at that figure right now, 900 billion tokens. That's insane. But it's not the only one. You know, we, we have seen a few other movements today. We've seen 10 million Matic moving from Kraken to an unknown wallet. That's, again, another $8.3 million. Um, what else have we seen there? 41,000 Ethereum from Bitfinex to an unknown wallet. That's $79.9 million. And also a big movement for XRP, 280.6 million XRP tokens. That's $110 million. So there's a lot of um, a lot of crypto getting moved about right now. Yeah, there's a lot of either fear or there's a little bit of like, hey, maybe there's a pump coming type situation, right? Now, when I say pump, listeners, viewers, please understand that when I say pump, I mean like it's not, it ain't, we're not going to the moon by all means, we're not. But it's good to see big numbers starting to kind of move around a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of the bull market when we were in it and seeing big numbers kind of fly around and all that stuff. But there's one more number, JB, that I forgot to mention to you before we hopped on. So the FTX hacker has transferred 255 BTC, which is approximately 4.1 million, to OKX. Now, yeah. is he probably going to offload? Sure, it's not a ton. I get it. Like, it's not enough to, like, move markets and all that. But it's still, this guy is continuing. I... The fact that Kraken knows who the hell this person is and nothing's been done about it yet and he just continues to offload, like last week when he offloaded all that Ethereum, is just wild to me. How do they not turn him in? Maybe he's not here. Maybe he's not in the States. Maybe he's, who knows where he is? Maybe he's in Singapore, all I know. <laughs> yeah, he's maybe living up with Doquan somewhere. But um, yeah, it's shady to see this, this is still happening. It's, it's been allowed to happen. You know, that's the fundamental thing we need to look at here that it's been allowed to happen. Why are they not clamping down on this very quick, very hard, very soon? You know, it's it's shady to see. So it's my understanding that you actually cannot block a wallet. Like, say, for instance, he has 10 million ETH and he has 50 billion Bitcoin. Can anybody stop this guy from offloading it? I don't think they can. It's the beauty but it's also the devil in an unregulated market no there's no police essentially so nobody it's my understanding is nobody can physically stop these transfers from happening oh, so the dude's just basically just going to walk off with all this money and you know we'll see what happens after that yeah well yeah we'll be seeing dope one do it so 
if he can do it, why can't other people do it? Nothing, as far as I'm aware, there's no sanctions came in place to stop this from happening as of yet. But maybe later on, we'll touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, no, for sure. Let's get into some topics, guys. We're going to do some news articles today, guys and gals, because we do have some gals that watch. We're going to get into some news articles. We're going to talk about some, some macro things, some economic stuff. We're going to talk about some crypto stuff. Uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on, it was something that was brought up on the news this morning, is the new COVID variant that's taking place over in China. Um, 38,645 cases as of November 28, uh, which it's a new variant, right? And I forget the name of it. I think it's like B.616 or something. I forget the name of it, but there is a breakout and it's in Beijing. And so Beijing being the size that it is, this could potentially be a devastating disaster for the global economy. JB, what's your thoughts, man? I mean, yeah, just to touch on that, you know, it's not a massive amount of people considering the size of China, but for the fact that China are on a zero um, COVID policy, which basically means any small outbreaks, the community is locked down or the town, it could go as far as the city, depending on how big it was. And we've seen over the weekend the, the thousands uh, in China took to the streets protesting. Um, we've also seen some calls for President Xi Jinping to step down. Now, obviously, for China to revolt against um, the president, obviously, that's huge because he is quite well liked in China. Um, yeah, it's, it's scary to see that happening. Do we potentially see an outbreak for COVID again? Who knows? I don't think it's as severe as it's maybe been made out in the press because I think it's more of the symptomatic um, cases are quite low. I think they're around about 3,000 and then the rest of the cases are obviously asymptomatic. So it's maybe not as fierce as the previous ones, the likes of Omricon and the rest of them. But it's still concerning to see it. It's still flying about. Yeah, there's... So my understanding this morning was that it's similar to the flu and that's basically what it is. It's not like the original variants that were literally killing people days, right? Like this has kind of morphed itself into the flu. And I think the last variant was also similar to the flu. My stepdad actually just got over COVID and he basically texted me and said, Hey, it's like a really bad flu. And within two days he was over it, right? Lost, lost taste for maybe a day. And then that was it. So, you know, but I, I don't think it, I don't think it's about, necessarily killing people or any of that i think it's just the fact that there's another variant a new variant the news is flipping it saying that you know the global economy could potentially come to a stop again if this continues to break out the the whole zero COVID policy uh that china has it's interesting that that any sort of little outbreak would potentially happen uh with that sort of policy in place but anyways it's in beijing um big place of supply for a lot of countries. Uh, so if the factories potentially get end up going locked down, do we just have another global issue that maybe we're back to where we were in square one? Let's hope not, I, right, JB? I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Obviously, nobody wants to see that happen again. Nobody nobody at all wants to see COVID outbreaking again. I had COVID twice, I think I've had it now. Um, yeah. First time I had it, I was bedridden for like two days. I've never had leg pain like it. Do you know what I mean? It's, I think it does affect everybody differently. Second time I had it, I had a runny nose. I was, do you know what I mean? It's it's just the way it kind of went. It's um, It was a luck of the draw, I guess. But I, I personally, I don't see this 
been like a worldwide pandemic again. But we're all we all been getting our jags, the rest of it. I think I've actually got my jag this Sunday coming. Um, so yeah, I, I don't see, I don't see it affecting the world again. Maybe with the likes of China, as you say, if they do start shutting down factories or if these towns are shut down and this is where these factories are, it could maybe have a knock-on effect. But yeah, I don't see it being a. I hopefully, don't see it being a worldwide pandemic again. Well, see, we say it, we say it's not a big deal, but then you see the U.S. stock market yesterday. The Dow loses 500 points based off of all of this stuff that's going on in China. There's only 38,000 cases, right? But but the the fear, I think people might have PTSD type situation where like, oh God, here we go again, right? Like, so the stock stock market yesterday was down pretty significant. Nothing else came out, I don't believe. Uh, there was just a report in the morning of a possible new variant COVID breakout. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. There's, I've never seen anything else about it. Obviously, we've seen over the weekend there was the the, the protests, the riots in the streets, but yeah. yeah, it's not been publicized like it was before, which is possibly good. But again, for it to take effect on on the the New York Stock Exchange and things like that, you know, it's, it's still quite concerning. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I talked about it enough. <laughs> I just think it's I just something I think it's something we all need to keep our eyes on. Obviously, we still think that there's potential down the road for a housing crisis in China. We talked about this 6 months ago. I still think that that's something that's coming and we'll do another episode on that. I still think there's a lot of defaults that are going to happen first of the year with uh arms, a type of mortgage uh kicking in, the interest kicking in, people not wanting to pay, people still Try to catch up on mortgages. So I think I think there's a lot of global things that could potentially come out of China that could ultimately uh, bring us way down. As, uh, and tying this back into the crypto market, bringing Bitcoin down to close to you know say 10k uh, and possibly maybe lower. You know I I hope not lower, but um, you know I think this is a long drawn out thing. There's so many people in the Discord that are like ready to buy. I myself am ready to buy. I bought some S the other day. I, I'm ready to buy too, but on the flip of it, it's like there, there's just I just don't feel there's anything that's pointing us in a direction of we're ready to recover. The Fed is still going to continue to tighten and tighten. And there was people on this morning that are in the committee or that used to be former presidents of the committee that are speaking as if in 2023, there's going to be continuing hikes that are going to go on the whole year. like. JB, can I get your thoughts on that, dude? Yeah, I'm in quite a funny place. Obviously, I know we're in a bear market. I don't feel like we're in a proper bear market yet. And I know that's quite scary to see because everything is sitting so low right now. I'm, just to reiterate, I do feel we're going to go much lower than what we are. But I just don't feel like everything has bled as much as it needs to bleed. We're seeing the number of projects still increasing. If we're at the bottom of a bear market, you won't see projects increasing. The amount of different projects that are out there, you're going to see this number diminish. So until this number starts going down, we're, we're, we're close to 22,000 um, crypto projects. Why? This yeah. number has to drop for us to be in a proper bear market, I feel. I think since the last time I did a podcast with you guys, which was last week, I think there's been 200 and some odd new projects that's been listed on CoinMarketCap. More? Yeah. That's... It's just, it's a scary number. It's why. I mean, I remember um, last, well, a few months ago, actually, when the Queen died, there was a spike, maybe 70 or 80 new projects, and it was all based around the Queen's death. I mean, there's oh, no premise yeah, yeah, for yeah. these to be here. Do you know, there's like um, Queen Elizabeth Inu, things like that. They mean absolutely nothing. Why are these projects coming up? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people get wrapped up into it. They throw 
throw money at it here and there, but just like Nick always says, there's a lot of shit out there basically. Um, so anyways, let's move on. JB, you want to cover some of this, uh, FTX collapse info? Yeah. So obviously we've seen on the 28th of November, there was the two speeches and the one I'm going to pick up in particular to start with was Lagarde's speech. Now Lagarde is the head of the European Central Bank. Now she reiterated in the speech that they are now talking about the FTX collapse and the need for uh, regulation in crypto. Um, there's another meeting on Thursday. Yeah, Thursday the 1st. And they're going to be talking about this in the meeting. Now, for regulation in crypto to be talking about in the European Central Bank meeting, this is huge. Chris uh, spoke about it this morning on the podcast that he put out about BBC News over here in the UK talking about FTX. I covered it last week that BBC um, the radio stations were talking about FTX. So it's now, obviously, on the global scale, everyone's talking about it. For the head of the European Central Bank to be bringing up this issue with regulation needed in crypto, it's, I, I personally think it's good for the space. Yeah, I, your I, was thoughts? Just, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, I think it's good. You know, hey, look, it sucks what happened with FTX, right? To the people that were involved with it. And we're going to dig deeper a little bit here in a, in a few minutes about some other things that are kind of uh, contagion to FTX. But look, it sucks what happened. I do think what did happen, though, is kind of giving the button, pushing the button a little bit harder uh, on getting regulations to, you know, actually happen, right? I think there's a meeting December 13th here in the States. Uh, and I don't have any more info other than I saw that date uh, possibly thrown out there that December 13th, I think there was some sort of uh, committee that was going to meet to discuss uh, regulations concerning because of the FTX debacle and what the hell happened, like so many people had lost money over a hundred plus companies, you know, bankrupt, right? Like the amount of money that, that I would be curious, JB to know and maybe i'll get chris to try to look into it how much actual money cash was tied up between ftx the amount of money that investors put forward into ftx you see what i'm getting at like yeah, i want to know how, very interesting. Much, how much money actually got lost is it 50 billion is it 25 billion? Not, I'm not talking about just FTX exchanges or Almeda Research. I'm talking about the companies that invested in them yes. also, right? Like how much money did say Grayscale lose or Coinbase lose that Coinbase put into, you know, you know, help fund some of this stuff? Yeah. Like, it would be an interesting number and something to definitely talk about. It's not just that though. You're going to have the regular investors that have lost money as well. So you're going to have yep. 10, 15 thousand regular investors obviously there will be more than that it's just a ballpark figure that have invested their savings there, there may be the odd millionaire out there that's put a percentage of their savings in because they believed in what was going on they seen the returns they were potentially getting which we will come on to later as well um yeah there's I, I'd be very interested to see what that kind of rough, even, we won't get an accurate figure, but a rough figure as to the money that has been lost yeah, due to FTX. That could be very interesting. I'd like to know. It, it's a lot of money. And granted, a lot of countries printed a lot of money too. So, you know, it is what it is. But anyways, moving on. Uh, so U.S. consumer confidence fell. This is a number that came out today, I think. U.S. consumer confidence fell from 102.2 to 100.2 this month remains above the COVID-19 pandemic lows. Not entirely sure what the hell U.S. consumer confidence is, if you want to touch on that, JB. 
Yeah, that's the regular investor's confidence in the market. So like, so your money's um, ah. that's been spent, things like that. Um, obviously, the house price index came out in America as well. So obviously, that has an effect. It's just, it's figures on the macro scale of world economics. That's kind of what this looks into. Consumer Here- confidence, if that's fallen, that means people don't want to spend money. Okay, I'm going to rebuttal this number because this morning, yesterday was Cyber Monday, right? Yes. Cyber Monday. 11 point some billion dollars was spent on Cyber Monday, the highest number ever recorded. Now, how is the consumer confidence lower? Based off of that, people are spending money. Look, dude, I went freaking, I went Black Friday shopping, okay? The parking lots were flooded. Everyone was out spending the hell out of some money. And so I'm sitting there, I'm sitting in the car, my son's sleeping in the back, and I'm just sitting there like, are we, are we actually in a recession yet? Or just like you said earlier, the pain hasn't even come yet. People have no effing clue. And they were talking about it this morning on CNBC. They were talking about the Fed tightening. It still hasn't even touched anything yet. Like the points that are going up, people haven't felt it at all. Nope. nope. Nowhere near it. And the same is over here in the UK. Obviously, moving on from where we were, is the UK mortgage approvals fell in October by 10%. Mm. And interest, interest rate went up 0.25% to 3.09. Now, that aligns with what's going on in America. We still don't feel it over here either. Black Friday is not as big over in the UK. I don't feel the deals are as good. There's a lot of scam deals, if you like to call them that. But there is obviously the good ones out there as well. But yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's in our general day-to-day life, I don't think we feel in proper pain. Monthly shop, the weekly shop, that's obviously going up slightly. We've seen obviously the fuel crisis over the last few months. Fuel's starting to creep up over here as well. But yeah, definitely, we've not felt pain yet. I do feel a lot more pain is to come. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And just a, one more point about Cyber Monday. So most of the money was spent on toys and electronics. Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> like the things that people don't need, right? So yeah. people literally have no clue yet about, like they don't watch the news. They don't watch money. They don't understand it, right? So yeah, anyways. I, and yeah, I'm the guy that's out there shopping too. But I'm also, I work my ass off and I own a business. And my business is continuing to build. So I'm not out there spending recklessly, but still on the flip of it, it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't get but how the fact people that people, the fact that people are still buying luxury items is what toys and electronics, games consoles, they're all, they are all luxury items. They may be just another item to you, I, and the next person, but to some of the worst off families, they are luxury items and they are still going out buying them. Granted, they were possibly getting a better deal on the likes of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, but fundamentally, they're still spending the money that when we feel full pain, they'll be like, that is my food shopping, that's my fuel, that's what I need to travel to and from work. Do you know what I mean? We're, uh, they're still buying luxury items, that's what I'm trying to get to here, and they're not scraping the barrel to find money to feed the families that pain is still to come i feel yeah so just to tie this back into crypto we're doing a crypto podcast all we've talked about the whole time is (laughs) is economics right so we feel i'll tell i'll say my point i feel like the world economy pretty much affects what crypto does right now there's just not enough players in it it's only big money left 
And I think Nick covers it very well uh, on the YouTube channel and on Twitch uh, discussing shrimps, right? Shrimps, one, one Bitcoin holders and below. I think it's almost at 980,000 people, shrimps, own one Bitcoin. When those people start feeling the pain enough, that number is going to start coming down, right? And that's when all of this shit that JB and I are talking about is going to affect crypto, right? All of it. So this right now, this might feel like it hurts. This is, uh, to me, this isn't shit yet. And I do think that, I think what's going to happen with Bitcoin, and yes, guys, look, we're all over the place today because we have so much shit we want to talk about. That's, it's a good thing that we have a lot of stuff to talk about. But I think that what Bitcoin's going to end up happening is we're going to go down to 15K, we're going to bounce to 17K. Then we're going to go down to 13K. Then we're going to bounce to 18K, right? Like, it's just going to keep going. It's going to keep doing the same shit over and over, right? So if you're looking to get into the market, we talked about strategy the other day. I, I would wait personally. I mean, I'm not buying anything. But anyways, I wanted to make sure we tied it, tie it back to crypto because ultimately we do a crypto podcast, right, JB? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What we will touch on there, though, is the, what we're experiencing here is the global economics does tie into crypto. Crypto is a part of global, global economics. It's what you, I, and the next person are spending our money on. So if we're not spending our money on crypto, what are we spending it on? That's when you'll see the prices rise, the prices fall. When the prices start falling, you'll see the average person spending their money on crypto again, which is good. Now, to touch on that, I am buying, but I'm not buying my big percentages. I'm buying the little ones on my DCAs. So, yeah. I feel I have a friend who actually just joined the Discord yesterday. Um, he's interested in getting involved, doesn't know too much about, but he's, he's learning as he goes. And I just say to him, dollar cost average, understand what dollar cost average is. Buy here, there and there where you feel is right. It is still a good time to buy, but we are going to feel lower prices. Yeah, look, Chris and I had a conversation yesterday and he said, mate, Cardano's at 30 cents. What's wrong with buying Cardano at 30 cents? And I said, Definitely. well, I said, yeah, because I bought Cardano last time I looked at 94 cents. So, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know the percentage drop from 94 cents to 30 cents, but I, um, it'd be a good time to DCA if you're a DCA person. I'm more of buy a big ass bag, throw it in the ledger, be done with it, right? So yeah. I did buy some ass style, and that's only because it came into the accumulation zones that Nick's document is that's on our Patreon. If you're not a member of the Patreon, you should definitely check that out um, because Nick puts out Accumulation Zone. So if you're curious about that, join us. Join us. I'm in. Hang out with us. Definitely, guys. You've got to join up. You've got to join up. The, the Accumulation Zone for Esther, I like that. That was very good. And you hit the nail on the head there. If you see a price that is good, why are you not buying it? Why? Right. You might miss it. and You might see a crazy mad spike and you've just lost out on what you could have lost out on. So if you have done your research, you're happy with the price where it is. We know it's going to go lower, but there's going to be moves in the market. If you're happy with the price, buy your buys. Yeah. Yeah, I picked up half of the bag, basically. But anyways, let's move on. Let's move on to BlockFi. Because yes. BlockFi has been the talk of the town for the last day. And basically, there's a lot. We're going to try to untangle a little bit as fast as we can. BlockFi, JB, have $335 million locked in the FTX exchange. Yes. They also, the flip of that, 
suing FTX for their shares of Robinhood. Remember, Dan Bankman-Fried bought 7% stake into Robinhood. We don't know. I don't think we know that number. Do you know that number? I don't know the number right now, but when he bought the 7.6 shares, it was uh, roughly $600 million worth. So that's over a billion dollars that BlockFi has exposed to, say, Alameda and FTX, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it was just basically the before FTX collapsed, um, Sam Bankman Freed offered Robin Hood the shares as collateral for everything that was going wrong, and they said no. And they're now turning around because they need the money. They are now saying, Oh, well, we, we want that money now. It's obviously not worth 600 million anymore, but it's probably still worth more than the 335 million that they, they have locked in FTX. So you know, it's cat and mouse games here. There's no, fundamentally, there is no winner here. It's money that's getting moved from one rich person to another rich person. That's, you know, that's kind of the, the basics of what's going on right there. Yeah. But we're also seeing that the bankruptcy filings for BlockFi it still owes the SEC $30 billion. So, you know, that's uh, that's not going to really please the SEC. So you can see why they're quite pissed off with it as well. Yeah, I think when it all comes down to it, look, bankruptcies can take years, right? Like, hopefully it doesn't take forever. But I think this is why Nick continues to go back to saying he can't call the bottom, really, because look look how much money we just said, right? $335 million worth of assets is locked on the FTX exchange, which the Bo Bohemian, you know, the Bahamas currently owns half of those assets, probably. Who knows where the hell all these assets are at this point? Like, no one even knows if they're in the Bahamas. Are they in the States? Are they with SBF? Are they with Alameda? Where is all of this? And if you guys know the info, please put it in the Discord so we have some access to it. Because, you know, I know BitBoy, DogBoy, whatever he is, he's down there like <laughs> trying to hunt down SBF, which I, I've never seen something to try to get more clicks than that guy. Like, it's unbelievable that he would actually take a trip down there. He's freaking fool. Anyways. It's, exa it's exactly why he's doing it. It's for the clicks. It is... He's never going to meet the guy. He's never going to find them. He's, you know you're in a bear market. You know you're in a bear market and the clicks are low when your ass has to fly to the Bahamas just to try to get some clicks. So I mean, I'll happily fly to the Bahamas for the clicks. Do you know what I mean? I'll happily take the holiday, but you know what I mean? It's, it is literally for nothing but to get the views up. Yeah. So anyways, let's, let's, let's recap, okay? BlockFi have $335 million, uh, $335 million worth of assets locked in FTX exchange. Uh, SBF originally purchased 7.6 shares in Robinhood that he offered as collateral to BlockFi, which roughly is about $600 million. So that's over a billion dollars right there. Now, it's said in the bankruptcy, they don't know a total number for BlockFi, but that's about a billion right there. Yeah. So it said anywhere from one to 10 billion is affected, basically. So, yeah, a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> eventually, all these assets are going to get sold off, and that is going to be the dump of the century. So whoever decides when those assets get dumped off, it is going to be, for us, it's going to be great because we're sitting in cash, so we're going to get to buy cheap shit, basically. Um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, BlockFi, big deal. It, it's, been all over, it's been over the news, just like the FTX thing. All of that shit here in the States is all over the place. Yeah. Yep, and then obviously we had one more bit of news came out about BlockFi, and that was from Ripple, 
Now, Ripple's general counsel blames the SEC for BlockFi's bankruptcy. Now, obviously, the SEC fined BlockFi $100 million. Um, that was for offering unregistered securities uh, by paying customers high interest rates to lend out their tokens. All of this came out. The SEC then fined um, BlockFi and Ripple are basically blaming the SEC for the collapse of BlockFi. How true it is, who knows, but a hundred million fine was still what's hefty. The, what's the source on that? Where did you find that at? That was Point from out. that was on that was on Reuters. I've got the link really? opened up here as well. Yeah. So Stuart yeah. Al I don't know how to say his last name, blames the SEC for BlockFi's bankruptcy, saying it's a hundred million dollar fine forced the company into fatal fatal dealings with FTX. According to regulators, BlockFi was effectively offering unregistered securities by paying customers high interest rates to lend out their tokens. Consequently, it was forced to pay a $100 million fine, which Alderoidy said forced it into the hands of FTX. Very interesting. Yeah, so that source obviously came from Being Crypto. That's a news page that covers many articles in the space. If you haven't checked it out, I do urge you to have a look. BeInCrypto.com cover lots and lots of news articles. I do enjoy browsing through there. Free time, you'll find out what's going on in the space. And you can read more into that article on there. It's, it's very interesting. So earlier you said BlockFi still owes $30 million to the SEC. So they paid $70 million essentially to the SEC already, right? Fundamentally, yeah. Yeah, fundamentally. And wow. Yeah, there's this is the contagion that Chris has been talking about, right? So now these big dogs, right? BlockFi has now gone down. FTX, Alameda, obviously. The next one could be Genesis, uh, which who knows what's going to happen after that. You know, I don't... Uh, is Robinhood going to be affected? I, I don't know. Like, I, I do think it's likely, obviously, Genesis to go. It's not in a good place. It's still got a hell of a lot of money it needs to come up with to stay safe. Um, yeah, there's a lot of um, lenders who are probably in a sticky place right now. There are a lot of exchanges that will be in a sticky place right now. And again, when we see the likes of the market dump, when this does come into effect, yeah, I do feel a lot of exchanges will feel the pain. A lot of lenders will also feel the pain here as well. I don't see how the lending stuff stays alive after all this. I don't know why it would. Why... why... Why would you lend money out when you know the money's only going down? That's the first thing that comes to my head. Why would I give you a million pound to spend on something to know that yeah. in, let's say, three to six months' time, it's worth 700000 or 500000 That just does not make sense unless you can liquidate them and there's an insurance behind it to claim the money back. I don't know how that side of it works, but I don't understand why anybody would be lending money out in the market the way it is right now. The more and more we discuss these things daily, man, it just feels like I just have, I'm sick to my stomach with like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but it's good to do that though. Talk about it daily so it, it, it gets in here and you start thinking about all these movements that are happening and it helps you understand that, you know, there is still a lot to happen. I think that was a good point you brought up there uh, with that. I think this is going to take a long time though. And I, I you know, look, I'm, I want my money back too. And when I say I want my money back, meaning... I bought too damn high. I lost a lot of money. So now I'm just waiting, right? So this bear market, who knows how long it's going to take, man. I, it could take three months, it, six months, 12 months. 
24 months, who knows how long it's going to take. Ultimately, when, when these assets that have been seized, I think when those assets from all these hundred plus bankrupt companies finally get sold off, I think that's when the bottom of the bear market potentially could happen. Now, when that happens and when it's allowed to happen, I'm pretty sure all of these bankruptcies have to go through Delaware, all of them. And, and, and I want to look into that. JB, maybe you can look into it because I'm horrible at research, but I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of those companies have to go through the state of Delaware where all the filings happen. We're still waiting on freaking Voyager and all of that other shit to even come about. This yeah. should take I mean, forever. I I know a few, uh, obviously a lot of the bankruptcy hearings file through New Jersey as well. Obviously, that's where a lot of, a lot of the deals happen. Um, yeah, a lot of things still happen here, guys. There's just just keep your eyes, just just stay engaged with what's going on. Listen to us talk. We are like you. We, we are still learning. We are understanding what's going on. We've got Chris, who's an absolute whiz. He knows everything about everything. He knows what's going on. He's on the ball. We're keeping up. Just stay engaged, guys. Just keep an eye on what's going on. Sometimes I just can't, I just can't believe some of these people on Twitter though. Like some of these guys are like, buy altcoins, buy altcoins. Like, anyways, I say it every single time we're on the podcast that these guys just annoy the shit out of me. Why I follow them still, I have no idea. But maybe it's just <laughs> so I have content to talk about sometimes on here. All right, let's move on to the last little bit that yes. we have today. This CBDT. is good to move on to because it's not all doom and gloom in this space. There are still some good positive news articles coming out. This is good. Do you want to do you want to go ahead and cover it the the Indian uh, digital rupee? Yeah, definitely. It was Mike that actually brought this up, and we just done a quick look into it. So the Indian digital rupee um, retail is piloting on the first of December. Now it's going to be in four banks in four cities. It's going to feature. It's going to have the features of physical cash, like trust, safety, and settlement finalities. It will not earn interest, just like physical cash. So, my understanding is it's going to be as good as the rupee. You'll be able to spend it like the rupee, and it'll be interesting to see what the findings are for this. Because if India, humongous country, if it works there, then it's going to work elsewhere. It'd be good to see this come into the space. And it's I think this brings big confidence into CBDCs. Yeah. I, th I feel like right now it's a race to who launches the official CBDC first, right? The States has their pilot going on. France just completed and a success, I believe. Uh, France completed their first round of the CBDC. Um, obviously, we've heard about Russia. I don't, I'm not sure if China has done their cbdc yet uh we might have to look into that but i think it's very positive india is huge right yes so if if this if this can work and if it ends up panning out i mean the fact that it says features of physical cash i think that's a huge thing right like the features being physical cash like trust safety and settlement finality uh it it says it will not earn any interest just like physical cash so essentially i think this is a, i think this is very positive uh, for the crypto space, I think the FTX thing, once again, is pushing things into a more positive ending. It's going to take, look, if you're watching YouTube, it's going to take forever to get from here to here from a from a uh, regulation standpoint. And I feel like we're still kind of like over here <laughs> trying to get over here, but it's positive. 
right? Something big, something we all need so that we feel a little bit more protected. I mean, dude, the amount of people that are scared to put money onto exchanges to buy tokens is unbelievable right now, at least in our community. The first thing that came to my head when I started hearing about CBDCs is why? Why do we need CBDCs? If what is happening here, it says the features of physical cash like trust, safety, and settlement. Essentially, it's as good as the dollar. It is as good as the yen. It's as good as the pound. So why do we need it? Well, it's safer. That's the fundamental aspect of what CBDCs are, is they're safer. In my eyes, they're safer to use, they're safer to have, they're safer to hold. So I'm quite bullish on CBDCs. I would like them to come into action. I would like to see them being used. I would like to experience using it as well, just to have a better understanding as to why we need them. And the more we look into it, the more I'm quite big on them. I do like the idea of CBDCs. Yeah, I would like to do a podcast on cash, on USDC, on USDT, on CBDCs. I think everything that that has um, money involved, right? Like, if I say that correctly, money involved. You get what I'm trying to say, right? Like, yeah. trying to do a podcast solely discussing USDT, why, how it's backed, how it exists. Same thing for USDC, BUSD, um, all of those things. I think we need to do a podcast, break all those things down, have a discussion about it. Um, it's once again in our discord, this is constantly talked about what's the safest one to be in. So if you guys would love to see a podcast that's done specifically on a topic like that, please put it in the comment below or tag us in the, uh, um, discord, let us know what your guys thoughts. If you'd like us to cover that, obviously Chris would be here hopefully. Um, and maybe we'll try to get Nick on for that one. Cause I feel like that would be a huge discussion. Um, especially with all the CBDCs that are starting to pilot around the world. I think it would be a good time to discuss money and dollars and stable coins and CBDCs and maybe try to get a better understanding. Cause I'll tell you, I don't, I don't truly understand all of it, my damn self. And I think the average retailer probably doesn't know a damn thing about it. Uh, so I think having a podcast on that would be great, but would love to get your guys' feedback. So please let us know. JB, you got anything else you want to talk about? Cover? I'm very happy to talk about the guys are down in London right now. You know, I love the Singularity projects. I love what's going on. And obviously they're down there with Singularity Net. Dr. Ben Gertzel's there. You know, I think I think a few announcements are, may happen there. The robots are there, which is cool to see. The band's playing. Uh, ben Gertzel and the band are playing. They've got the robot up on stage. You know, there's. I think that's going to be quite cool to see. We've seen a few pictures come up on Twitter and in the Discord so far. Definitely go and check them out. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Yeah, I uh, Dr. Ben Gertzel to me is an interesting character, and um, he was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast a while back, and um, very interesting guy. Very like mind blowing dude. I don't even know how Chris and Nick talk to him and not have their minds hurt. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Safe travels for the boys. It shows the exposure they've got, though. The guys they get to talk to, Dr. Ben Gertzel, Charles Hoskinson, you know, all these guys, man. They've, they've got their connections there now. They're doing good. Sonny Lou from V-Chain. Like, dude, these yeah. guys, got, these guys, yeah. They got these guys on like, hey, yo, Sonny, what's up, dude? <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty funny. Uh, anyways, let's, JB, let's wrap things up. I think it's been a great podcast. It's been very informative. Guys, I know. I know we kind of bounced around all over the place, but uh, we've got a lot of things to cover, a lot of things to talk about. We're only doing podcasts three times a week now. Um, so 
a lot of the stuff from the weekend. Sometimes we got to get you guys caught up. And I think what we're going to end up doing is kind of Tuesdays and Thursdays is talk about all the news stuff, talk about, you know, the environment that we're in Sundays. It's going to be kind of a recap of the week. Uh, most of the time it'll probably be just JB and Chris on Sundays. I'll do my best to get on if my son's taking a nap at that time. Um, but I think overall, I love the podcast. I love the feel of it right now. I think it's great. Uh, thank you guys so much for the views. It's been insane to look at the views right now. JB, you want to leave us with any final thoughts before we wrap things up? Yeah, totally reiterate that. Thank you for watching. Continue to watch. Smash the like button. It means a lot. We like to see these likes going up. Um, so happy to be on here. I'm <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I'm starting to get into my groove. I'm understanding where I am um, in this podcast team. You know what I mean? We've all got our own little things we like. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm super happy to be on here. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Yeah, I think it's been a it's been great to have you on, man. And uh, maybe next time I'll I'll make you do the intro, just oh, to see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening in. Make sure you smash that like, smash that subscribe button, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.